I once described magic as being something that exists in the exclusion of familiarity. And that's just a $10 way to say, if you don't know how something works, but you think it's cool, you're likely to think it's magic. For instance, this summer, Maxine was gifted some bubbles by my Aunt Barb and Uncle Mark. And she reacted to those temporary spheres the same way Harry Potter did to, well, anything in the wizarding world. My dad found magic in almost anything related to technology. I've mentioned he was a fan of music, but his eyes went so wide when he found out that my first-generation iPod could hold more music than 100 of his record cabinets combined. It's funny. The internet can teach us anything we want to know right now. But we choose to believe in magic every time we wonder and leave a question unanswered. Welcome to My Dad, I'm Dad, a podcast for anyone who's ever loved, lost, or anything in between. My name is Doug. In the age of computer animation and a seemingly endless supply of musical or filmed entertainment, it's no surprise that many of us have come full circle on how we prefer the wool to be pulled over our eyes. We crave practical effects, earned emotional beats, and a concerned human effort to support our supernatural desires. I like to think that's left over from childhood. A shadow puppet actually becomes the big bad wolf when someone really acts the part, you dig? So we are easily fascinated by computer animation, but truly captivated by performance, ambiance, parlance, and intention. There is a place that offers those things in spades. It's a place that brings entertainment to life. And while amusement parks can be found almost anywhere, there's only one commonly known as the happiest place on Earth. This week I sat down with Johnny J, the host of the DMSW podcast. Johnny's a father, a kindred spirit, and a purveyor of all things under the Disney umbrella. And I'd been meaning to pick his brain for a while now and he was kind enough to come on and chat about making magic with me. So, take it away, other me. There he is, Johnny. Yes, sir. The Disney World to my Universal Studios, my fairy <laughs> podfather. Thank you so much for being here, man. Ah, forget about it. My podcast brother from another mother. Excited to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I, uh, I gotta be honest. One of the reasons that I wanted to have you on the show is just that you're just so effortlessly genuine in the way that you present yourself with your podcast that it just kind of effortlessly clicked for me. You felt like somebody who would be a friend of my dad's or somebody who had been a friend of mine through my entire life. And the way that you express genuine love for Disney and what it is able to provide to people in terms of lifelong magic but also can still be effortlessly yourself and understand like yeah there are also adult avenues of entertainment and you know <laughs> some of those can be a little bit gruff yeah and they have their time in place it it just felt like kind of a natural fit for me and it, it just 
you taking the time to listen to my show felt amazing for two reasons. One, that you were excessively genuine about how you expressed yourself and that we had a lot of shared connection in the space of understanding that we appreciated how much work it takes to make something seem seamlessly magical. Podcaster to podcaster. Right. And But two, you have not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six children. That is right, sir. Full boat. We've got a full basketball team plus a sub coming off the bench. <laughs> My first question <laughs> is a simple one. How do you prioritize formulating bonds, like individual bonds, with each of those kids? It all it all definitely starts with my wife. She is the the MVP of the family and all the one on one time and all the extra special moments that we that we do with these kids and try to provide and bring to them. It all stems from her. She she is a school teacher. First teaches first grade and she is dictionary definition of the perfect mom. She is just patience of a saint. I don't know how the heck she does it. She's grabbed and tugged and pulled on by every little kid in school all day long. And you would think somebody like that, when they come home, the last thing that they want to do is see kids or be around kids. And she comes in that door and is nothing but open arms and wants to be around our kids and making memories and making life with them. And all these little times that we get to do one-on-one -on -one moments all stem from her because she'll take on the brunt of staying home with four or five. So I can take one or two out and go do something special with them. And it, it goes to our personalities too. I'm more the extrovert in the, in the couple and she's like textbook introvert, always like very shy, very quiet. And that's her, her perfect day. Her perfect life is being at the house with the kids and just enjoying them and, and having them all around her for the day. So going out and going to a ball game or going to the movie theater or, going out and about just being around other people it fits my style much more than hers i'm all into just talking up with random just striking up a conversation with random people and and meeting them and and it, it works great for the kids too they get the balance of of both personalities too and both styles and it's just uh i i can't give enough credit to her it all it all goes back to mama she's the uh she's the mvp and the all-star for the family yeah, I think that was actually one of the other immediate reasons that I kind of locked into what you talk about and how you present yourself. And and just in general, you're not an island. You don't present yourself as an island. Everything includes your family, and it very much champions your wife, even though she is, like you said, an introvert. And I kind of I walk the line. A friend of mine once described me as an ambivert, where <laughs> I like to have both sides uh, <laughs> and and i would i would say i lean more on the introvert side but definitely when i get out there and you know i'm talking to people i really really like to get it and i really like to you know see whether or not i can get somebody to kind of get their ire up yeah yep but especially as i'm developing my family and i'm raising maxine and i'm i'm walking life in a brand new way with amanda for the first time it was so inspirational to me immediately to hear that not only did you have that large of a family, but that you cared so much about carving out time to make sure that each one of them individually, and I'm talking each one of your children, 
and yep. your wife to have special time with you and special time with the world. Yep. And I'm curious, did you come from a large family? Is that what inspired you to want to have six children? Or if, if not, what may have led you to want to have that big of a family? Sure. So at least for me, my immediate family was small. It was just me and I had a younger brother that's four years younger than me. But we we grew up surrounded by a massive family. I had 12 cousins or there's there's 12 cousins all together on my mom's side of the family growing up. And there were 14 on my dad's side. So, again, in our own house, we were pretty small. But every holiday, all all summer long, we were we were just going from cousin to cousin's house and every birthday party, the entire group of cousins would come over to the house. So I definitely grew up around a large amount of family members, but I don't think really there was anything specifically about my upbringing or my family experiences that, that like I knew from when I was little that I wanted to have this many kids. I always knew, I, I knew from a very young age that I wanted to be a dad and I wanted to settle down and, and get married and start a family pretty young. And when I met my wife, she was kind of in the same boat. People ask me, how, how do you how can you handle having six kids or how do you guys have six kids? And again, like not to just sound like the guy trying to get brownie points with his wife here, but it it begins, it ends, it all goes back to my wife. I, I could not do, I couldn't do it. There was there was a time in our life where I was kind of getting burnt out with my job and I thought about maybe going back to school and, and starting a new career. And I said to my wife at the time, I was like, oh, I can just be a stay at home dad during the day and I'll watch the kids that way we don't have to pay for childcare. And then I'll just go to school at night and just I can try to do some work when I get home from school at night or I can do it during the day while I'm watching the kids. And now that we're like at this other end of the spectrum and the kids are getting older, my oldest is 13 and the youngest is two and a half. I tell her, I tell her all the time, like, thank God we didn't end up going down that path because I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to do it. I couldn't, I don't have the patience that my wife has. She, she's the one that kind of can keep everybody on an even keel. And when this one's getting upset or kind of a little snarky, she knows how to, she just knows how to manage all the different personalities and, deflect the aggression and the anger and the snarky attitudes and just kind of cool over the, the whole thing where me, as soon as my 13 year old starts getting snippy with him, I kind of put, you get the puff out your dad chest and you're like, Oh yeah, tough guy. All right, let's go. But <laughs> So it, again, it just, again, not to just keep bringing it back to my wife, but it's, it really does start and end with her. She is the, uh, she's the one that makes the magic happen. Now, speaking of magic, a large majority of what you're talking about in your show is D Disney, yep. you know, and Marvel and star Wars. Yep. And one of the reasons I started listening to the show in the first place was because each one of those things has meant something very specific to me at a very specific time in my life. And now that I'm a parent, the Venn diagram of all of them clashes together. Yep. Genius, right? The <laughs> fact that you took advantage of that was very, very smart. And I'm very glad you did. Because you don't just talk about them from the, the lens of, I'm going to talk positively about every single one of these things forever. You don't just talk about them from the lens of, I think negatively about these things always. All of it is funneled through a specific, wonderful lens of your perspective, guided by a entire life's worth of appreciating the possibility of magic on a street 
that contains every single one of your family members. <laughs> I just can't say enough how wonderful I think that is and how much I appreciate that perspective. What led you to want to make that particularly? I know you've talked at length in other yep. shows and your own no, show okay. about why you wanted to start that. But if you've got six kids and you've got a wife and you have limited free time, could you boil down as simply as possible the reasons why you chose to talk about Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars as opposed to the sports that I know you love so much? Yep. So it basically kind of all changed for me around the pandemic. Like most people, your your normal routines and your normal way of going through everything that you do, how you hang out with your friends and socialize, it all changed during the pandemic. And when sports changed and they didn't allow fans to go to the games anymore and just I'd try to watch the games on TV and without without it's weird as it sounds without the fans in the stands just watching the product on TV felt different too. And if you weren't watching it on TV by yourself or you weren't going to the game in person, you were trying to get together with your friends either at that, at their house or you guys were all going to the bar together to get together. And the pandemic literally ripped all of that away from me. And I realized that I enjoy the sports on their own, but for me, I think it was more the, everything evolved around them, the going to the game, the hanging out with your friends, the the social aspect of it. So when all of that was taken away, when it got, when it came down to it, I was like, I just don't, I don't have the passion for the, for the sports by themselves anymore. Like I used to, I could just feel it just going, like just coming out of me and just kind of going down. And Disney kind of stepped in and filled that void because through taking our kids on these Disney vacations, my passion and interest in the just the Disney category by itself was growing. And it was a big part of my childhood growing up, too, with all the movies and Disney TV shows and stuff like that. So we've we've had a, a passion and a love for Disney for a while. But then we are having all these magical moments with the kids on the vacations. So when the pandemic hit and sports changed, I had this opening in my day to try to find a new avenue of of entertainment and that got me down the rabbit hole of podcasting and just blown away at how many different podcasts were out there. And at the time, I was already watching all the Disney YouTube channels. So it didn't take long before I was like, oh, I listen all these different movie podcasts and sports podcasts. There's, there's got to be something out there for probably for Disney or Marvel or Star Wars and like just mind blown over the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of options that were out there. And then as I started kind of finding the Disney podcast that I like or the Marvel podcast I like, it felt like this cool party in high school that like you were invited to and you're like on the street driving by and you see all these kids hanging out, having a blast. I'm like, God damn, That's a I got to describe it. I got to I got to find a way to get in on this. And I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll just I'll just throw my own party. I'll just do my own thing. Like, I don't I don't need to jump onto somebody else's party. I'll just start my own. So. I, I kind of took all the aspects I liked of the shows that I lis was listening to and it, almost like sports radio, you, you kind of develop this like unofficial friendship with the host that you listen to. And you're like, you feel like if they're good at what they're doing, you feel like you're just like one of their friends and you guys are like all hanging out at the bar or like in your, in your buddy's basement together, just shooting the shit and talking, whatever Disney or Marvel. But all these shows that I was listening to, they weren't really crossing 
over and hitting these other categories and especially the way disney has grown they've bought marvel and star wars so it kind of all fits under this umbrella now all the different aspects are in all the disney parks so i was like you know what i this is gonna be this is my chance to get in on it now and if i want to start my own podcast i'm gonna do it my way and i am a personal fan of these three different major categories so i'm gonna squish them all together on my one show and i remember like talking to different people along the way and and that telling them what i was gonna do like yeah but what are you gonna do if there's like people that are just marvel fans and they they don't want to hear your disney stuff or your star wars stuff okay they they don't have to listen to those ones yeah, i don't skip care the episode I, yeah and there's there's a huge group of the fan base out there that does like all three so hey if, if you like all three my show's here if you want to listen to all three and if you only want to listen to one of the three or two of the three that's the cool thing about podcasting you don't have you're not stuck throwing on that sports radio station and you just got those two hosts talking about whatever they want and you're trapped that's all you got it's right there and that's you can't change it with a podcast you can pick and choose and just listen to the episodes of the the subjects or you can tell what type of episode it's going to be if they're ranking something or or doing an armchair imagineer type of thing or whatever you can pick and choose and and listen to the ones that you like right and well and that's i didn't ever want to start in the podcasting world by talking about my departed father that arrived <laughs> or that departed two days after my daughter arrived right like i didn't i didn't yep. want to do that i would have started a movie podcast but i realized the mission that i have and the stories that i tell and the way that i can craft a story actually was far more applicable to what i ended up doing uh, yep. than you know a simple movie podcast and luckily plugging myself into the world of podcasts has offered me the opportunity to be guests on other shows like that i would have been one voice in a sea of other voices and now i'm just somebody out there trying to like hey you didn't know my dad but you probably would have liked him for these reasons because it ultimately helps you get to know him and it ultimately helps my daughter get to know him but you with your show the reason that I like it and immediately liked it is because if my dad had tuned in, if it had been just a talk radio show, because podcasting was something that never like yep. that didn't that didn't hit up in his mind. But if we called it a talk radio show and he heard you, he would have heard the way that you talk about this stuff. And it's not just a very well produced sound, which is great. Your audio is amazing, but it's that genuine voice and it's you getting heated when you need to get heated and you being in love when you need to be in love and you feeling the magic when you need to feel the magic. And it just immediately sung in my heart. And I remember listening to the first episode when I was out on the trail. I was just talking with you about before we hit record uh, yep. with my daughter. I was pushing her in the stroller, walking along with the dog. And I'm like, oh, man. This guy from New England gets it <laughs> like just because you're an adult doesn't mean you don't feel this magic for the rest of your life. Yep. Just because you're a parent doesn't mean you don't feel what it's like to be a child. Just because you are ushering children into this doesn't mean they don't need to like it the same way. And, and on and on and on in these cyclical kind of nature. And it just, it immediately hit me as being extremely beautiful because it was just honest, earnest and genuine. And I thank you so much for what you do. It inspired my wife and I to actually start planning another trip to one of the parks. It's going to be a while. <laughs> That's <laughs> all right. That's okay. We thought about it. All right. We want to do that. 
And we knew that because Maxine is still going to be young when we go to the parks, like, hey, we're probably not going to be able to hit all the things that we want to hit. That's fine. Because we want to go for her. We want her to experience the magic and us just watch it. And if we do that, I think we'll be doing it right. So when you go to the parks, what does the Venn diagram look like there? What is Johnny getting what he needs out of the vacation look like versus what the kids need out of the vacation versus what your wife needs out of the vacation? Yeah. So for, for us, it really did start around the kids. And the funny thing now is that I'm an almost 40 year old dad with a Disney themed podcast. And at one time I was the guy that was like, uh, we don't need to go to Disney. It's too expensive. And the kids are too young. They, they won't remember it. And again, not to keep going looping around back to the same uh, woman here, but uh, if you, if you got, if you, if you knew her, you'd understand where I'm coming from. She was the one that kind of finally snapped me out of it one day. It was like, you need to stop thinking about Disney being something that the kids are going to remember forever at their ages that they're at. And think about it for us as the parents, like, yes, they're young and they might not remember every single detail, but think about it as us, as the parents, we're building these memories of watching them experience these things and, and have this Disney magic in their life and all this money and time that it takes to pull off a trip. These, this is for us at this age, they'll, when they get bigger, they'll be able to remember more things and have their, their favorite rides and their favorite things that they do and their experiences and the way we do the parks with them will change as they grow up. But at least on this very first trip that we're going to go with the kids, think about it as like us locking in these awesome memories with the kids. And I was like, all right, you know, that's a, that's a pretty, as a salesman, that's a pretty damn good sales pitch. You got me on that. So uh, let's, let's do it. We'll save the money. We'll do what we need to do and and plan it so that we can uh, afford to do it. And, and when we pulled it off, it was that very first trip where I had that magic, like, movie disney slow motion moment where my daughter got this one-on-one chance to be with mickey and have a a a one-on-one moment separate from the other kids and he just bent down kind of on one knee and gave her that one-on-one attention and you watch your kids smile and and laugh and and have fun their entire life you try not to miss anything as they grow up but then they have these special moments where like I said, it's it's like a slow motion movie, like the, the edges of your vision get cloudy and like you almost like hear music in the background and you just feel this magical thing like inside your chest. And I had that exact moment when I saw my daughter's face, like just happier than I've ever seen her be happy before. And it was because of this person in a mouse costume. And it just from that moment on, it just completely, completely changed me. And, and, and that's what Disney's been, what, what Disney has become for us is just enjoying all that magic through the eyes of our kids. So for us, or for me, when I go to the parks, when I'm there with my kids, there might be ahead of time, if we're going for kind of like a week or a five day thing, I'll say to my wife, you know, there's just one, one new restaurant I'd really like to try if we can fit that in somewhere during the week, or if there's some brand new ride, like the last trip we did, the new guardians of the galaxy roller coaster came out. I was like, that's the one and only thing that I hope we can try to fit in or, or get on at some point while we're there. But then the rest of it, it's just it's so much more enjoyable to just go into it, knowing that there's like nothing on your to do list. It's literally just take it as it comes. And if the kids are happy, do as much as you can. If the kids are cranky, pull back, take a break and 
just ride that wave and you'll get every every bit of magic and every bit of perfect family memory that you can get if you just kind of take what comes at you thank you first and foremost <laughs> that's that's the way i've been thinking about it and that's just more motivation that's more fuel for my fire as we consider yep. going there because as you are constantly noted as saying it's hard to find more value for your dollar and i'll contextualize that by saying the type of experience that you could have at like a carnival, let's say, or the type of experience that you could have at a local smaller amusement park or the type of experience you could have at, let's say, Disney on ice. All of those things are distilled and simultaneously magnified at those parks. Yep. So, yes, they can be cost prohibitive. They can be a little expensive, but there's not one moment. There's not one place you can walk. There's not one thing that you can look at that isn't exquisitely detailed and put together to incentivize you to enjoy yourself. Absolutely. Every single moment that you're there. And that's what I just want to see her do and experience from my eyes, Maxine. And I loved hearing that that's kind of what that you do with your children always. And the fact that you experienced it when you were young and you experience it now in very different ways, but because you you now experience it with your children, it recontextualizes it for you in a very different way. And I think that's what the magic of Disney ultimately comes down to. Marvel and Star Wars are very close. I, I would say Star Wars actually kind of wraps into that really well. It's something that is cross-generational now. It's something that exists outside of time. And there are specific instances of it that are always present in those parks. You know, you can be talking about the golden years, the Beauty and Beast years. You can be talking about Peter Pan. In the case of Star Wars, you can be talking about the original trilogy. You can be talking about the Mandalorian, the new TV verse. But they made it so that it kind of exists timelessly. And that's wonderful. Absolutely. It's rare to come across that. There's something for everybody and you can all bond over different things. And there's just like an uh, escape factor to it as well. It's like they, they call it the Disney bubble, especially down there in Orlando, where you literally feel like you kind of, it's almost like you're, you're checking out a planet earth and you're going into this special dome that just doesn't exist. And you don't pick up on the outside noise and the outside noise and, our news and everything else that's going on. And you just can just exist in this place where there's no pressure. And the other thing too, is there's no judgment. There's just, and nowadays, I mean, you don't see it as much nowadays with like their nerd culture now being like the popular culture with things like Marvel and star Wars. But when you're there, Disney's one of those communities where, and, and to bring it back to sports, I guess, again, too, is like when you listen to sports radio, two people that don't agree will attack each other. And like, you're like trying to put the other guy down to prove your point where in Disney, it's just a different thing. You get two people with completely opposite views that like different things. And they're just like, that's cool. You, you like what you like. And I like what I like. And let's all just kind of hold hands and go have fun and run through the parks together. So yeah, let's toast it, your rose and be on our way. Yeah. Yeah. And it works with parents and kids. There's something for every different age level there. There's they have things that are obviously very catered to kids in their kind of entertainment level and what they're interested in. But there's enough other things going on that that kind of capture the adults to keep them there as well. So they just they do a good job of hitting everybody's personal entertainment level and 
keeping everybody happy. Now, I'm glad that you brought that up because I have an observation and then I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. So my dad, in the years that we would go down to those parks, he more specifically related to Universal Studios than he would, let's say, Disney. Yep. And I think there was a larger reason for that in the, the times where I could really start to cognitively remember and like really, really paint a lot of the memories in my mind. We were a little bit older. So my brother and I going down there, we like we love the E.T. ride. We love the Jaws ride. Eventually, the mummy ride that we've talked about. Yeah. They yep. like the fire. They, they, they like the ceiling, the ceiling on fire. Yeah. Yeah. You, you yep. feel like your blood is going to boil. That's nuts. But over the years, the disparity has really hit me where when I was younger with Back to the Future ride being over there, the Waterworld experience, even the Waterworld is one of my most reviled movies of all time. That's a discussion <laughs> for another time. Different podcast. <laughs> Very different podcast. <laughs> but we, I mean, we would spend countless hours there. The Men at Black ride, et cetera. And, and my dad loved it. But we went to Magic Kingdom. And I think my first time being at Magic Kingdom was when I was about 13 or 14 years old. And it didn't hit me as well. It, and I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that my dad was a little bit more akin to some of the older kind of adult fare at the time. And we still really enjoyed ourselves, but it, it didn't have the same kind of uh, uh, parlance and magic. But we did love every single one of us, my dad, my mom, my brother, and I, the Peter Pan ride immediately took us to a whole different magical experience that we wished we could have experienced more of while we were there. Yep. Unfortunately, we hit it on our way out. We were literally walking out of the park <laughs> and realized that had like a five minute wait. Cool. Let's go do that. But his, his eyes lit up like stars. Yep. And it's because it was one of his favorite movies when he was growing up. And he literally lived that movie for the yep. first time. And, however many years and it mattered to him and now as i was talking about that disparity is huge i went to universal studios for one day while i was down in disney last in early 2020 and unless you're an enormous harry potter fan the park is extremely disjointed yep nothing really feels cohesive anymore really cool rides really cool experiences but as you walk from one place to the next there's no through line there's no magic. There's no nothing that'll carry you there. Yep. Disney has only upped the ante there, especially with the acquisition of Star Wars and Marvel. Since I used to go to those parks when I was young, now it's cross-generational, baby. Yeah. You just go and you experience anything you want to experience. And as those things are cross-generational, and as your son is getting older, he's now 13 years old, is he starting to skew a little bit more mature in the content that he wants to imbibe? Oh, definitely. Definitely. He's he's asking about uh, the more like PG-13 and R-rated comedies and, and action movies and stuff like that. He re the, the most recent thing that we watched together was MacGruber. So easily one of the one of the top 10 best comedies of all time. Very underrated. But uh, if you've seen MacGruber, you know that that's uh, that's not family friendly content. I'm not going to watch that with my my uh my nine-year-old or my five-year-old but uh he's definitely getting to that age where he's he still appreciates disney for what it is and he has his rides and his things that he likes to do there but uh you're, you're hitting the nail on the head there as he's coming into his teenage years he's he's testing the waters on uh more and more mature 
and uh, adult level type of comedies and action movies and stuff like that. And so his his entertainment level is catching up to kind of where mine is as at as a full grown adult. Now, was that something that you started to notice when you were down at the park this most recent time? Or was he still just very much there? I Because I remember in one of your shows you were talking about, I believe it was him, or it may have been Hunter, where you were talking about th- that they had previously not wanted to ride the Haunted Mansion. Yeah, that was Colby. He never wanted to do the, the Haunted Mansion, but I think now he's at the age where, like, now he's almost embarrassed. Like now if my if my younger sisters are doing it and my younger brother's doing it, I have to make myself doing it now because now I'm the tough 13 year old. I can't be the kid that's too afraid to do Haunted Mansion. But yeah, when he was younger, he didn't care who knew, who didn't know. He was hand up. I'm too afraid. I'm not doing it. I'm out. Count me out. But now as he gets older, he 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 would love to uh, to check out uh, Universal. Um, and I, I think they're just they're they're different parks for different and they're they hit different experiences. So if you're, if you're looking for just like a pure amusement park and thrill ride, and you're, you're there just for fun rides, then you go into universal knowing that's what you're getting, that you're getting a thrill park. You're there to be entertained on the rides where to me, Disney is more, Disney's more like uh, magic and experience. It's just, it's almost hard to describe at times. It's just, you just have to be there and just, be surrounded by that magic. And like you said, they do such a good job of flowing things to into in together with each other and blending different sections of the park. And it's just a completely different, it's not, it's apples and oranges trying to compare those two. I know they, they're Coke and Pepsi going at it, button heads trying to say they're both in the same uh, business together. But to me, they're, 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 you're not, you're not going into both places for the same reasons. You get in different experiences completely at, at both places. Yeah, I mean, I think it is it is light years apart, and especially when it comes to things that are applicable for really young audiences, there's really not much you're going to get over at Universal anymore. You know, the yeah. <laughs> the ability to try to say like, hey, you really like Dr. Seuss, right? Like, yeah, well, one or two times a year, or maybe when I was very, <laughs> very young, or like, don't don't you like uh, Snidely Whiplash and, and, you know, a lot of the Hanna-Barbera cartoons? Like, well, it, yeah. You know, unless your parent has decided <laughs> that they're going to go ahead and make that applicable to you now. Who? Who's that? Yeah, that, that's not going to happen. You know, Disney yeah. has always taken the time to kind of re- revamp and refresh and and uh, and refurbish a lot of the things that may have been older, but also make them applicable to now. Like the new Mickey Mouse shorts that are out there that I understand the Mickey's Runaway Ra- Railway is kind of based on. Yeah. Uh, yep. Those are great. Those are really cool because they also kind of feel like a Ren and Stimpy cartoon. You nailed it, man. I, I say yeah. that to the, to my kids and my wife all the time. And not that my kids know what Ren and Stimpy is, but I tell my wife, I'm like, this is like completely different avenue completely for Disney. So maybe that's just uh, their attempt to try to grab this newer, younger generation and kind of give them a little bit of a different Mickey because it definitely feels I don't, don't want to like make it sound like it's like this it's not uh, Rick and Morty or a family guy type of animated show, but it's definitely not the, it's, it's not hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity dog, Mickey Mouse. Clubhouse. <laughs> That's the perfect way to put it. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it, it struck me as I was watching it. Cause like the moment we said, Hey, we're going to do a park visit. I was like, okay, we need to make sure that Maxine knows who these characters are. So let's start kind of incorporating her I- into that sphere now. So the yep. first thing that I put up, I was like, all right, 
I really loved these shorts from when I was a kid. So I put the, some of those on and, you know, five, six minutes or so would hold her attention. But I put yeah. one of those new ones on and she was like, <laughs> and I was the exact same way. My face just lit up like, oh, man. <laughs> and I think that's the genius track that they're going on for these particular shorts. Let's make it look like a cartoon that these 30 to 40 to 45, maybe even 50 year olds would have seen when they were growing up so that they are invested, which makes their children invested. Yep. You know, it's that weird, like 30 year cycle of nostalgia. Now we're passing that on to our children and you can also age up with it because one of the most incredible things about the entire Disney experience is that there's always a touchback on nostalgia that you can clock into. There's always something that you can look at and say, oh man, this exists because of this. And that's one of the reasons I love the Haunted Mansion so much. There's so much parlance and so much history behind that ride. And they refresh it. They update it from time to time. But it's largely the same thing. Built on similar technologies that has existed for, for years and years and years. But with a foundation for making a story and making something feel special and magical. And again, that ties us right back into why... I wanted to talk to you because as a father of six children, husband to a wife that had cancer while pregnant, I felt almost like a farce when I was making my own show. I was like, oh man, I only have a tragedy in that my dad is no longer with me, but you almost could have potentially lost your wife and a child. And it consistently amazes me and inspires me that you don't focus on that. You talk about it at great length and you're very open and honest about that. And I appreciate that so much, but every single day, every single episode of your show, every time I've talked to you, every time that we engage with one another, it's always about here's what we're going to do tomorrow. And here's how we can make everything else from this moment on seem wondrous. And my dad had that. And I try to inspire that in others, but I admit I fail way more often than I'd like to do it in myself, to be completely honest. So when you begin your day and you know you've got everything <laughs> ahead of you, how do you reconcile? I'll do this and then 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 I'll get home and spend time with the kids. Like, how? Do, what does that look like, Johnny? Again, just to, to like to go back to a sports analogy here, it's it's almost like uh, listening to Bill Belichick talk to the or one of their Patriots players at uh, at a conference where the, or press conference where they're just saying just one game at a time, just take it one day at a time, just try to live in the moment and just focus on that day and get as much out of that day and that moment as you can, and everything will just kind of fall into place on its own going forward because you never know. Like I said, with, with as you mentioned there, with my wife getting cancer, my wife was never a drinker, like heavy drinker, never a smoker, didn't experiment with drugs, like just as pure as the snow and just completely like she didn't grow up under power lines. Like there was nothing fishy going on in her backstory no anywhere. Yeah, no, no, lead, no, wasn't eating lead paint chips as a baby, just complete freak thing out of nowhere. And that was that was the biggest thing that I struggled with at the beginning when she first got diagnosed because at, at that point in my life, like to, like to me, like cancer or like it was something that like older people got and 
you never feel like an adult growing up through your 20s and 30s when you're having kids. Like you still don't feel like an adult, like when you were a kid thinking of your parents being an adult. But my brain just couldn't wrap itself around or accept that my wife in her 30s had cancer. Like it just didn't make sense in my head. I'm like, she hasn't she wasn't smoking for 40 years. Like, why does she have cancer? Like it just it didn't make sense in my brain how somebody that young and that innocent could just be completely destroyed by this disease so since then it's just uh again my to my wife's credit for there was never a pity party with her she never like was like oh poor me every i hope everyone feels bad for me because i i shouldn't have to deal with this and i shouldn't have to to go through with this it was just always i'm just i'm just gonna beat it because I have kids and I need to be here for them and they need their mother and I'm just going to beat it because I have to be here for them. So she, she was very focused on get through the treatments, whatever it is, we'll just take it one day at a time and eventually we'll make it through and we'll be on the other side and this will all be in the past and we'll never have to worry about it again. And we'll just live each day in the moment, one day at a time. It's, it's incredible. It's amazing. I I really, I struggled a lot with that as we were pregnant with Maxine and dad's health was declining. And I knew that we like, we had to figure out what we were going to prioritize, especially as the pandemic was raging on. And that was all happening all at the exact same time. And I haven't discussed yet. My mom had breast cancer at the time. Uh, You know, she, she told the story of she, she told us she happened to be in West Michigan when she found out. She was visiting her sister, came over to the house, and we had like a whole day. We had like a whole day together. And we were sitting around having dinner before she was going to head back to the east side and go, you know, be with that again. She was like, yeah, just so you know, I have breast cancer. It's no big deal. Because, again, very much, very much like your wife. Just one of those like, it's going to be all right. I'm like, how was it? How? How was it going to be all right? And she said she got home. And she pulled into the driveway and my dad came out into the driveway and he was like, I need to know where my socks are. Because at the time he was, he was like in with his dementia, right? It was like, and yep. she just laughed and yep. just like went up and hugged him and was like, I needed that laugh. Cause she had a two and a half hour drive of just considering her mortality while her husband's health was declining while yep. she had just left her kids. I, I consider all these things and it's just, it's fireworks in my brain. And I really have to work to kind of contain them, put them, put all the pieces back together and say like, ah, the people around me benefit most from me keeping it together when I can being open and honest about my feelings. Sure. But not letting them get the best of me. So I give her all the credit in the world for not only doing what she did, not only overcoming what she did, but doing it with that level of grace. Yep. Is she Tony Stark? Would you say? Oh yeah, I love her three thousand for sure. <laughs> wow, unbelievable! Now, all right. If you were going to design a theme park, or a land in a theme park, or a ride in a theme park, but it couldn't include anything Disney, Marvel, or Star Wars mm-hmm. that's currently in. Disney World or Disneyland and it can't be in Universal Studios 
or Universal Studios Islands of Adventure or the new land that's coming now, what would you do? Something that can apply to the entire family. So no no movie IP, no television IP. It's going to be just separate, separate thing. Ah, only if it's connected to. So it can't be anything new if it's connected to the Disney Marvel Star Wars universe. But if you've got an amazing idea that is already connected there, that's fine. If it can fit into the existing parks, so long as it's not something that's built now. Hmm. Well, Disney Disney himself said his parks will never be complete. They're always going to change and they're always going to adapt. And it his focus was always from the beginning to 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 build an experience for a family to come. And and he was obsessed with this American, the perfect American family and the American vacation as a family. Um, so I'm gonna I want to bring one of my best vacations that I've ever been to was getting the chance to go to the state of Hawaii. But that's such a, a tough place to get to. Just money aside, if the hours it takes to get that far out into the ocean is tough. But a lot of people can find a way to make it to either California or Florida to get to a Disney park. So let's uh, let's bring that that ultimate vacation destination for so many people of Hawaii. And we'll bring that somehow to the Disney parks and we'll build a, a Hawaii land inside and you can have. We'll do obviously the Dole Whip is going to be there. Dole Whip is big on the island of Hawaii and Dole Whip is one of the the classic Disney snacks that everybody likes right now. So we're going to have a, a Dole Whip uh, ice cream uh, restaurant there where right now in the parks you can get all different flavors, but you got to go to different parks at different times and different places. So we'll have a Dole Whip restaurant here where you can get every flavor under the sun of Dole Whip. And fresh pineapple, just like you can get on the island. We'll have, we can do, uh, we'll, we'll do a big entertainment ride, which will be like a roller coaster or log flume type of ride, similar to like a Splash Mountain type of theme. But we'll wrap it around a volcano because volcanoes are such a big thing in the state of Hawaii. So maybe part of the ride, you're you're going inside the volcano and the like just like the the mummy ride there there's there's fire elements around you you feel the heat when you're on that ride but then somehow eventually you get to the the top of the volcano and you find a way to make it look like you're shooting out of the volcano and then you ride that ride right down the side of the volcano all the way out into the ocean and bring the water element to it so you get the water and the fire and let's do, well, maybe we'll do like a little mini water park too. We'll do a little splash pad area for the kids because the beach and and water is the big thing for Hawaii. And let's see what else can we get in there. We'll get some animals too. The the sea turtles are big in uh, in Hawaii, so we'll have uh, some type of animal element for the kids there too. So maybe this maybe this suits uh, the Animal Kingdom park right now, which they've talked about potentially removing that whole dinosaur area of the park. So maybe we can plop that down right in there but uh that gets you a ride some some food and uh and some animal experiences right there so we'll we'll we'll, we'll get that uh under works with the uh disney folks i like it and and honestly this past week maxine has really started to enjoy frozen yeah i gotta back it up a little bit further than this she's obsessed with frozen she thinks it is the greatest <laughs> thing in the entire universe the first dance she ever did the first version of a dance she ever did and she did. Yep. It's kind of like this. 
and it's the moment the opening bars of let it go hit or uh, love is an open door and any of that stuff mm-hmm. but she will sit and enjoy it and she like gets the the notes and the beats like to the point where when the king and queen die at the beginning of the movie she will look at you and be like ah like she doesn't <laughs> like that part because she can tell it's yeah. sad yep wild but when i'm cooking dinner or I, I need to do something and I need to get the dog out of the way or I have like some really, really difficult kind of adult minutia that I need to tackle with her during the day. I'll tell Spotify like, hey, play Disney hits. And she's really started to enjoy a, a particular playlist that'll go through some of the stuff that we loved when we were young and then, you know, some mm-hmm. of the new hits. And it's really cool. She's really started to like there. There's a couple songs from Lilo and Stitch. So, of course, you know, yeah, go ahead. Let's bring in some Lilo and Stitch, baby. Heck yeah. Yep. Hawaiian. There we go. Maybe we'll have two. We'll have two thrill rides. We'll have a Hawaiian roller coaster ride. Speaking of Lilo and Stitch, I believe listening to your show was where I heard that you got to do that alien encounter experience before it was Stitch themed, right? Yes, sir. Yep. One of the scariest things ever to happen to me as a child. Legitimately terrifying. (laughs) Terrifying. Terrifying. Absolutely terrifying and it's not this it's not the haunted mansion where you sit in this little protective bubble and you just kind of float through a little house and like it's not it's not a haunted house like you there's ghosty ghouly things that are decorations but there's nothing about that ride that is meant to scare anybody alien encounter was designed to literally put the fear of death into children it was terrifying it was horrible it was honestly yes. i've never <laughs> In the lexicon of things I have endured at Universal Studios, nothing yep. has scared me as much as that. And I'm talking about Jaws popping out of the water, biting an electrical cord, and lighting <laughs> an entire boat garage on fire. Yep. Nothing touched that. No, My brother no. tried to like get out of the restraints. We had oh, to yeah. have somebody from the park come over and tap him on the shoulder and be like, relax, it's all just an act. Like Somebody had to come and calm him down. Yep. Horrifying. So when Brutal. I found out they rethemed it, that it was like, ah, well, I guess you know, that's good for the children. But yeah, <laughs> that's uh, the that's the one like sticking like the one memory that sticks out from my parents when they talk about taking us. And I think that was that was when I was in middle school. I was in eighth grade at the time, and there's they don't have that story of like me talking about my daughter having this one-on-one magic moment with mickey and the sparkle and the smile on her face the one story that they tell everybody is like when johnny was in eighth grade he did that ride and when he came off he was as white as a ghost like the his soul left his body on that ride and for anybody hasn't done it like they you you're in this like uh, theater in the round type of room where all the seats are around this giant tube in the center of the room and they put the alien from the alien movie terrifying in its own right just to look at it. it's creepy as all hell but they put that alien in the tube and then they make it sound like the aliens breaking out and they shut the the, the alien somehow cuts the power so the the room goes pitch black like you can't see your hand in front of your face and then it sounds like that alien breaks through the tube and gets out and they have speakers right in your ears so it sounds like it's breathing on you and then they they inject like they push like little steam clouds or something like yeah, they, they push hit, air they hit you with a mist oh. yeah yes oh, and, and your I think legs? it was like something on your legs yes yeah. yeah your leg there's like tubes that they like blow air through again and it feels like the tentacles are rubbing against your legs 
legit terrifying. Just absolutely earth changing, life changing, life changing. How scary that ride was. This isn't. This is one hundred percent true story. I believe it was the year after we did that ride. My brother and I were in Ocean City, Maryland, with my parents, and that's where my dad spent a lot of time as we were growing up. Love that area. Had a great time there. And we went to go see Independence Day when it came out. Yep. And basically, the alien that's in Independence Day is so similar to the alien from that ride that in the movie, yeah. when the alien breaks out and has the doctor like pressed up against the glass, and you can kind of see yep. all the little tendrils kind of flinging around, my brother and I both picked our legs up off the ground and pulled them into <laughs> our seats and pulled Perfect. them into our stomachs because that ride hit you so much with so much sensory experience and mm-hmm. the flashing strobing lights like of course they they removed that from disney <laughs> it was as if the most hard of hardcore rated r experiences even though there was no there was no bad language there was nope. no none of that it was just pure no blood guts. terror just fear they just they, they got to the the core of what can scare the hell out of a child and they just pounded it right right into your skull just so you're gonna find it you're gonna find the imagineer that was behind creating that ride and telling that story about you and your brother picking up his legs because you could just see the smile from ear to ear on that guy going yeah i nailed it (laughs) yeah that must have been the era in which tim burton was an animator at disney you know where they were they (laughs) were totally like yeah we did black cauldron let's let's go nuts like let's have a little bit of fun here (laughs) all right now the uh, the theme parks. I told you the other day that I'm I'm gonna hit you with a with a wild one. Are you ready for it? Sure, let's do it. All right. So you had Hawaii at Disney. Honestly, I would go. I think it would be wonderful. Personally, I think it could fit really well at Epcot, just kind of off to the side. Or maybe oh, you make it an island in the middle of that water at Epcot. Yeah. Yep. So you could go visit, but you know it's it it looks like an island, but when you walk onto it, you kind of like go down. And then it explores, you know, some other area. Okay. I had a totally different approach. All right, let's hear it. As we had discussed. Well, let's let's first let's first say eventually I'm gonna I'm gonna find a way to make sure we get Bob Chapek removed as CEO, and then yours truly obviously will fill the void that's uh, that's left. So this is you're making your pitch to me as now I'm the CEO of Disney. So. You make your pitch, would, and then I'll let you know if we, if we'll push forward on this project or not. Ooh, I I don't know. Well, you know what? I think you might because I think you, as the CEO of Disney, might be more like Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka than you would <laughs> Bob Chapek as, let's say, Johnny Depp's Willy Wonka. Right? There's no you, no way to know which way we're going. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You are you're all about the preservation <laughs> of the magic. Like you're if you're gonna get angry, it's because you're expecting people to want to love things as much as you do. You're not angry because people want to spend money. You're angry because they don't want to spend enough money, that they don't want to give it enough parlance, that they don't want to pump enough experience and magic into it. Or they don't realize that they're getting taken advantage of and they just look at it on the surface as, oh, well, this is it. It gets me onto more rides. So it has to be a good thing. Right. And like, right. Don't even right. Realize. Like, <laughs> Johnny, uh, Johnny does not appreciate Genie Plus. And there are <laughs> phenomenal reasons for that. And four justifications for that. 
And uh, for for all of those reasons writ large, I would very much recommend that you go and listen to Johnny's show. <laughs> Specifically, the I think it was the Grinds My Gears Genie Plus episode. Yep. Yeah, it still lays out everything that's there. And as a direct yep. result, because I didn't even know it existed, I now despise it. In so go. much as excellent, I don't care if I get on particular rides when I go to the parks anymore. I just want to enjoy the theming, which has always been my favorite part. Yep. All right. I want to hit you with my pitch. I'm ready. It's wild. It's totally out there. It's okay. Because my park already exists. It's in your town. It's in your city. Or you, listener, it's in your town. It's in your city. I'm simply suggesting that we upgrade the infrastructure of it. And it is your local library or your entire library system that exists within your town. Because here in Grand Rapids, Michigan, we have six or seven different Grand Rapids public library locations. What I am thinking is that each library location in your town, or if you only have one, we'll get to that in a second. Each of these libraries now will have an attraction built into it. They'll have theming specifically related to a particular genre of literature or movie because all of it gets to exist there. Everything that exists that would be in a library is still there. But we now have a roller coaster or we now have a Ferris wheel or we now have themed rooms. If you're a fan of Sherlock Holmes, great. This location has escape rooms built into it. If you're a fan of, let's say, fantasy and sci-fi this has an entire dragon room this has an entire cauldron room etc etc so all of that exists at all of these different separate locations here's the wonderful part it's free you're paying your taxes but of course it's there yep and if you go with your kids you can take any book that you want out of there at the end of the day and you get to have it for three weeks you want a movie Great. There it is. You get to have it for the whole week. You miss Blockbuster Video? Guess what? Your library <laughs> already is that. Then to boot, now you get a roller coaster. And every single person that works at one of these libraries is there to help you enjoy these things that have already existed and been out there for time and memoriam. You want your talks? You want local authors? You want local people in your community that are making a difference? Great. It's all there. Except now we've combined it with a theme park and you get to go for free with your family anytime you want. 10 to 20 minutes outside your door right now. And if you don't like this one, great. Go to the next town over. Yeah, half hour, go to a different one. I like it. There it is. It's good, man. It's going to get kids reading again. Maybe maybe you can even add to it. You remember, Did you guys have Book It growing up in Michigan? Oh, yeah. So you read a book, you do a book report, you get a free personal pan pizza. Like maybe we bring an element of that to you, to the library where whatever book the kids take out when they bring it back in three weeks, that's their access to the ride for the day is you have to talk to the librarian and tell them about the book that you read. Even better, even Boom. better. Cause every library in my scenario, I want all of my librarians to be specifically like, man, I wish I could go grab it. My movies are right over there. Did you ever see page master when you were growing up? I don't think I did. No, doesn't Macaulay Culkin in a role that he was animated for the vast majority of the movie, but it starts out live action. Yeah. And the librarian 
that Macaulay Culkin visits in the movie is played by Christopher Lloyd. And of course, Christopher Lloyd is, oh, you want adventure, <laughs> horror, all of these things. Well, that's you in the library. And he, yep. you know, eventually when Macaulay Culkin gets a, uh, he gets knocked out. You know, he's trying to leave the library, slips on a, a puddle. And then the the rest of the movie is animated. But he goes through a adventure story, a horror story, and a fantasy story to be able to leave the library. And like all it. of these stories that have spawned all of the stories that you love now are in the public domain. So great. If you enjoyed the experience that you saw, then you get to go and do these things. Like I spent so much time at a library when I was young that I would see puppet shows or I would see concerts. And those things still exist at our library today. But you toss a roller coaster in there and now you hit everyone. Right. No one's skipping a roller coaster. In their hometown, absolutely. Sign me up. And give me, give me another thing to do with the kids on the weekends too. Right. Another, and another, that's... another cool place to take them, especially in like the Northeast. Uh, you guys obviously get it up there in Michigan, so the winter time you're looking for for new outside the box activities to go do with the kiddos. You can only you can only go bowling so many times. <laughs> so that was, I originally intended for this to that to be the last question that I was going to ask you, but. I'll ask you this question as well. Sure. You incentivize and you prioritize so much magic in your life that naturally DMSW, uh, Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars kind of fit that bill so well for so many different age brackets and for so long and for yourself and for your wife and for each of your kids. But outside of that, outside of those things, outside of the various music, television shows, movies, parks, are there any other things that you regularly engage in that incentivize or inspire the same kind of magic that you see in your kids' eyes when you go to those parks that you do on a daily basis? I wouldn't say any specific thing. Like, it's not like I always take them to mini golf and get that sparkle in their eye. It's just the, well, we put in the effort to find a way to work it so that so and so one of us is watching the majority and we can get one-on-one -on -one time with one of the kids. That's where you see them kind of their personality changes a little bit. And everybody, each one of the kids has a personality that they have when they're in the group of all six. And then when you get the one-on-one, -on -one, they change and you see them in a different way. And it's almost like their guard comes down a little bit and like, okay, I don't have to worry about this one picking on me or this one just being annoying because they're little and they're whiny and they're always wanting me to do whatever. So you get those magic moments and those sparkles just going to target to pick stuff up or stopping at McDonald's and buying them that you, you want to buy them a lunch. You grab them a, a happy meal and they say, Hey, can Dad, can I can we please get an ice cream today? And you, well, you know, I don't know, maybe you know, maybe we could rob a bank and we find some extra money somewhere. We could pull it off. Come on, Dad, it's not that expensive. It's just one ice cream. And you just <laughs> it's something as simple as that. You just you offer to buy them a, a happy meal, and they ask for an ice cream, and you make it a, an adventure, and you get them that ice cream, and you would have thought you just bought them a Disney vacation. So. They, there's no specific place or specific thing. It's just in between all those different activities and, and moments that you do, you just pick up on them genuinely appreciating the one-on-one -on -one time because it's as a, in a family with this many kids, it's hard to come by. So 
when they get those moments, they definitely enjoy it and appreciate it. That's good. You know, one of the moments I think about a lot with my dad, right before the dementia really started to hit and right before I met Amanda and I was just kind of in this weird whirlwind space in life where I just didn't know exactly what I was doing, but it didn't matter if I went to visit my parents, there was always going to be a, a weekend that felt like a week. And it was wonderful and magical. And I miss those times a lot. And I'm just trying to make sure that I don't lose sight of what that felt like so that I can give it to my daughter at some point later on in life. But there was one time where I went to visit them and we, we had an amazing weekend. And then on the Sunday morning, and I would usually head back to Grand Rapids and it's roughly a two and a half hour drive in between where my parents' house is and here. And my dad was reading the paper, much like in the second episode that I talked about, he was reading the paper. He was like, hey, there's a car show up at Frankenmuth today. I was like, oh yeah, dad. And I'm like already starting to pack my bag. You know, it's probably 10 o'clock in the morning. I was still going to leave a little bit later on, but whatever. Like, cool. That sounds cool. He was like, I'd like to go see a car show. You want to go see a car show, son? Put the bag down. Yeah. Yep. I would. And we drove Perfect. the hour up to Frankenmuth, which is like a weird little German village. Think the German section in Epcot, but it's a whole <laughs> actual town in oh, Michigan. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that's what it is. It, it is just this wildly very preserved Germantown. And I had also told you about um you went to that Christmas themed amusement park with your family this summer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we do that. That's that's one of our traditions. Every summer we head up there to New Hampshire and hit that place. I love that. <laughs> because it reminded me of Zenders here in uh in Michigan and the Bavarian house. And and man, why am I blanking on the name right now? Anyway. It's it's a 24-7 every single day of the year Christmas store. This massive store. Yep. And it's right there in Frankenmuth. And usually when I would go there with my family, it was like January, you know, for like an ice festival, you know, sometime in the winter. <laughs> so we're going to go in the summer to go to a car show yep. with my dad on a day where I know I'm going to have to go back home. But why not? So we went. And just walk the town and it looked totally different and it smelled totally different, but it felt somehow exactly the same. And a thousand times more magical because it was just my dad and mom and I walking the street, shooting the shit, yep. having the best day for no reason whatsoever. Because I knew I was going to have to drive 45 minutes back and then an additional two and a half hours back. <laughs> And I don't know. We saw some cool cars. That's fine. I just yeah. remember strolling the street with my dad. Bingo. So you never know when those special moments are going to come. And again, not to go back to my wife, but that's another line that she'll hit me with a lot. Like if she can tell that I'm kind of getting stressed out, like I said, because I don't I don't have the amazing level of patience that she does. But when she can tell that I'm getting stressed out or I'm trying to get something done for work or at the house or whatever, and the kids are trying to get me to do something, she'll kind of like whisper in my ear, like, you know, it could be the last time they ask you to play that game with them, or it could be the last time they ask you to pick you up like that. And like, fuck, oh, gets me every time, every time. But that's what, that's what my wife does. She just, she just gets it. And she just knows how to hit you with those lines where you're like, you nailed it again you nailed it again and it's i need that i need that that balance to 
when I go too far one way, she'll bring me back to the center and, and remind me like, take these moments when you can enjoy every little random, silly, stupid thing that might not seem like much, but to them, it's going to be the world. And that's where, that's where all those magic happens. All those little magic moments happen is in between on just simple as simple as going to McDonald's or going to a car show doesn't it's not so much the thing that you're doing it's who you're doing it with that's what i wanted to hear specifically from you on a macro and a (laughs) micro scale does magic exist especially when you have that large of a family because i know i know for a fact that it does i know that it's out there but you give it to your family all the time and i don't know that because of what you say in your podcast and the stories that you share it's because of how you carry yourself and what you champion and the way that you speak. It's a very strange ethereal thing. <laughs> but very rarely do I tune into the first episode of a particular podcast or just listen to something speak and think immediately, I know exactly who this person is, I know what they prioritize, and I know what they want their children I know what they want their family to understand, which is that every single moment of every single day could be amazing if we try to make it that way. And you've been a huge inspiration to me. As a dad, without a dad, I'm collecting cousins, as it were. I'm collecting (laughs) brothers, as it were. I'm collecting inspirational figures that will help me to say the things that he would have said to me, but in a way that makes immediate sense to me now. I don't want to think about these things 20 years after the fact and apply them to my daughter. I love that you took the time with me tonight to say what you did about why you started your show, how you prioritize your family, and how something as simple as an ice cream can mean the world. Yep. Thank you so much for joining me, Johnny. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, buddy. Thanks for having me. Do you want to tell people out there where they can find the DMSW podcast? Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Any of your major podcasting apps that are out there right now, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, all those places, you just throw the DMSW podcast into that search window, that search box. It'll pop up for you. Or if you want to check me out on Instagram at the DMSW podcast, or you can shoot me an email the dmsw podcast at gmail.com yeah i you know what even if you don't feel like you want to check out johnny's show you should absolutely follow him on on instagram because it is one of the (laughs) most fun times you will have on that entire platform i guarantee you appreciate that it's it's been the biggest surprise of this whole podcasting adventure i never in a million years thought i would be getting more involved on the Instagram side or making reels or any of that store posting stories, nothing. I thought it was literally going to be like one post a week. Hey, episode 12 came out today. This is what it's called. Please go listen to it. And that's it. And just as you get into this Disney community and start talking to other people and get inspired by what they're creating, what they're doing, it gives you ideas and makes your brain start twisting. And like I said, I, I never had any intentions of doing anything extra with that, with that, that form of social media. And now it's, it's right up there with the podcast itself. It's just, I have just as much fun 
coming up with those real ideas and, and putting those little videos together and then just interacting with the people that like them and comment them on the comment on them and then i check out their stuff and that's how you build all these online friendships with with people is you just catch each other's stuff and before you know it you're you're picking up new friends left and right yeah it's an absolute blast and a true honor so thank you again for coming on ah uh, right back at you man my pleasure Disneyland, Disney World, Universal Studios, Cedar Point, or any other amusement park you might visit are likely to leave an impression of magical possibility on you. And so will the films, the music, etc. But a certainty of magic, on the other hand, is found most freely in the eyes of those who love you. Riding a ride, sharing an ice cream, Strolling an immaculately themed walk can be fun, alone. But riding that same ride, indulging in a special treat, or cruising under some lights with people you love and adore? Now that is where magic will always be found. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of My Dad, I'm Dad. More episodes on Mondays during the season cycle. If you like what you heard today, you can follow along over on social media. We have a Facebook and an Instagram at MDIDpod. If you'd like, you can send an email, say, hey, I want to be a guest on the show, or just say hi. MDIDpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, as always, to Andy Bird for the use of the music in the show. And finally, here's some Wally wisdom to close out the week. Bronners. Can't believe I blanked on that earlier. Anyway, Frank and Muth and Dad were kind of synonymous. And he loved that ice fest that took place in Frank and Muth more than almost any other annual celebration in the entire state of Michigan. And it was always capped off by fireworks. And I know Dad had seen fireworks thousands of times. And I know there were thousands of people in the crowd watching those fireworks. But you could always hear that Wally Dorda exclamation, his signature, wow, every single firework that went off. So give yourself permission to feel awed this week. Really get in there, you know? We'll see you next time, folks.